Now I am. Praise the Lord. Are you thankful for the truth tonight? Amen. There's a lot of facts may be stacked up against us tonight. But the truth is, He's on our side. Let's just go to Him in prayer. Father, we're so thankful tonight for the truth, Lord. Lord, each of us here tonight have a past and it's filled with many facts. But Lord, there's a truth that has already been settled. Lord, Your grace and mercy by sending us a, a message in this hour, Lord, transformed our hearts, changed our lives, Lord. And we're here tonight not because of anything that we had done, any merit of our own, but Father, it's by Your grace, Your mercy. Lord, Your loving hand, Father, reached down and You completely did away with the facts. And Lord, we're here today by Your truth. And we just, God, we ask this, this evening that You'll just come and speak to our hearts, Lord. That You would be the voice behind the voice. Father, not be a man standing here to try to say anything that would help anybody personally, but Lord, may it be you to come and, and just console the heart tonight. Lord, you, you see the need here at the church. You see what the church has been through, the great affliction. But Lord, we believe right now, Father, that you're still God, you're still on the throne, and you're still much able tonight to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can even ask or think. So we just commit this service into your hands, Lord. And we just want to say thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we can be turning to 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 7. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 7. Just want to greet you in the precious name of the Lord. And just say what a great honor it is to be here with you this evening. You, each of you have been in our prayers. The church has been in our prayers. The Reagan family, the Parker family has been in our prayers. You know, there's churches as we have, we're sister churches, and yet there's a great bond between many of us and our churches. And when you suffer, we suffer. And you've not suffered alone. And Sister Erica didn't go down in defeat. But she's going to rise in victory. And that's what we believe tonight. The truth is, she's already won. The truth is, between 6 and 9 in the morning, she's going to come walking through these doors. The truth is, she's already waiting on us. The truth is, it ain't over yet. God has the final say tonight. And so we just, we just want to greet you and just I'm glad to have my wife with me. My daughter Rebecca was supposed to be here tonight, but she kind of took a sickness from the camp and is home or back at uh, the house there running fever. But we want to thank Brother Donnie for having us. Uh, glad that he and Sister Carol can get away and trust that they can get a time of refreshing after everything settles here. And I want to say thank you to Brother Caleb and Sister Ruth for having us. They've taken us in like orphans. But I'm going to tell you, man, I've been living like a king in that house. It's been wonderful. I just told my wife, I said, I sure hope we hadn't overextended our stay, but we're, we're greatly honored to be here, and we bring greetings from our church, our pastor, Brother Tim. But if you have your Bibles here, I want to speak to you tonight on this ain't going to be the end. This ain't going to be the end. You believe that tonight? How many of you come to have church tonight? Now, Brother Louie kind of gave a preface of how I preach, so you know you've seen us. Uh, I'm not going to be a berserk up here, but we just want to say something that's going to encourage you. But we find here in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. 
So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward, man's, outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and external weight of glory. While we look not on the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. God bless you tonight. You can have your seats. Sure enjoyed the specials and the youth choirs. Great to see the young people. Appreciate that. Great to see the young people tonight just worshiping the Lord. I think we have seen a change in our youth in this message over the last maybe the five to six years. We've seen a shift. We've seen those that, you know, they didn't want to have anything to do with it. It was the rules of do's and don'ts. But now there's been such a love affair. And these young people are, are just apt to get to every camp meeting they can. I know for you got four kids like me, you take out home loans and send them to these camps. Because it means that much to you. But, you know, I just enjoy to see their zeal for the Lord. And so thankful for that. We look here in Psalms 34 and verse 18. The Bible says that the Lord is nigh unto them that of a broken heart. And he saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth out of them all. Church, we can take that tonight and we can settle right there on that, that many are the afflictions. We know that when we become a Christian and our lives are committed to God, it's not going to be a flowery bed of eats. It's not going to be just, you know, cupcakes and, and, and pancakes and anything else and, and things like that. But we're going to go through hard times. And even as churches, we're going to face difficult moments. But the Bible says the Lord delivered them out of them all. We have a promise tonight that God will deliver. God's not going to allow you to keep going down in that same path of destruction. Destruction. God's not going to let your young people go down in destruction, but we have a promise that God is faithful and he's faithful to his word and he's faithful to his people that will uphold his word. Amen. And we know that as long as we're in this world and long as we're in these bodies, I don't know about you, but these bodies ain't perfect yet, but as long as we're in these, this body, this, this decaying humanity, we're going to face trouble. We're going to face hardships. We're going to face many difficult times. But though this outward man perish, the Bible says the inward man is renewed day by day by day by day by day. How are you renewed? Because you feed on the Word of God day by day by day by day. We're not trying to get in on our own merits or what family we're born into or, or what church we're attending. No, the inward man is renewed by the word of God. That's why God sent us a prophet. God sent us a prophet to turn our hearts back to the faith so that the inward man will be renewed and draw strength from the word because he knows this is not how it ends. Oh, hallelujah. See, there's going to be times and it feels like even here, maybe for a local church, you're feeling like, is trouble on every side. Trouble on every side, but the inward man is invigorated. He's renewed. And the Bible tells us, I love how the Bible puts it, we're troubled on every side. That word trouble means to be squeezed. How about, how many of you have ever been squeezed? You just, you feel the pressure of this age. You know, some people are looking for a squeeze. Stupid. I'm not looking for, I'm looking to get out of the squeeze. But people are looking for the squeeze to come. And when the squeeze comes, we know he's coming. Look, church, I don't know if you're deaf, dumb, and blind, but the squeeze is here. 
We're persecuted on every side. The Bible tells us we're troubled, we're squeezed, we're in his grasp. We're pressed hard, but not distressed. All glory to God tonight. We may be in a battle, but we ain't lost a war yet. We may be persecuted, but God is still on our side. The facts may be stacked against you, but the truth is we've already won. The truth is we serve a living God. The truth is he's still on the throne. Bible tells us that we're perplexed, and that word perplexed is filled with uncertainty. Sometimes, how many, sometimes you don't know which way to go. You're praying for answers, and answers are not there. You're trusting and you're like, Lord, are you even hearing my prayer? The Bible says we're, we're perplexed. We feel with uncertainty, yet not in despair. And the word despair is at, at a complete loss. As those that have no hope. Oh, church, we got a hope. We got our anchor steadfast and sure. That's behind the veil. Let me tell you, we got something to be glad about tonight. We got something to worship God about tonight. Well, you say, Brother Joe, something just drastically happened to our church. I understand that. And I grieve with you, but yet the word is still true. God is going to see us through this. God is going to see you through this. Oh, this ain't the end, church. This is only the beginning of great things for Word of Life Church. Bible would tell us that we're persecuted, pursued from place to place, followed around with menaces and curses and reproaches, imprisoned and threatened with the severest of tortures. I don't know about you, but my, I feel like that every day. We're persecuted, but not forsaken, Brother Jackie. Brother Jackie, even in your old age, you may have been persecuted and you've been perplexed. There's been times you didn't know which way to turn, but God had never left you alone and you're still here as a mighty warrior, still standing for this truth. Satan said, well, I'm going to take them. I'm going to take them by this and I'll take them by that. But the devil don't have the final say. God has the final word. God has the final say. And he's here to tell you tonight, it ain't going to end like that. We've been cast down, and that word there means to be thrown down, dashed into pieces, but yet not destroyed. Oh, I love that. Not, not ruined. We don't lose. That word destroyed there means to lose. We don't lose, church. Why? Because God can't lose. And though we're troubled on every side, perplexed and persecuted and cast down, the Bible never states that the believer is defeated. The Bible never states that we, we go down in defeat, we lose, it's over. That's not what the Bible says. But to every contradiction to the persecution, God says there's a promise of resurrection. God says there's a promise of a new day. God says there's a promise that this is not how it ends. It ain't over until God says it's over and God's still on the throne. He's still full of rich and mercy and grace for you tonight. Many times the adversary has us in his grasp. Many times we're troubled. Families go through cycles. Troubles in the home. Churches go through cycles. Seasons. Trouble come to churches. And it seems like the adversary wants to get you at your weakest moment. When you've been in battle and you've you smelt the breath of the enemy in your face, grasped his hands upon you. Brother, and when he whispers in your ear, 
So there's no hope for you. You might as well quit. You might as well stop. Why are you even trying? Don't you understand you're just wasting your time, the pastor's time, the church's time, your family's time. You're wasting their time. But I'm here to tell you tonight, you're not wasting time, church. God has called you for this. Oh, let me just tell you like one back in 19, 1979, there was a man by the name of John Paul Jones. How many for me with John Paul Jones? Oh, he was a, he was a general there and he, he sailed the great seas and this was during the Revolutionary War time and it was the battle at Flambero. And yet here he was, a little lone ship. He was after the British Army. Sometimes you may feel isolated. Sometimes you may feel all alone. And he had 41 ships that were coming against him. And he turned his boat to the broadside of the enemy ship and he blasted his two 18-pound guns. And when they blasted, the, the, the guns blew up and blew a great big hole in the ship. And his ship was on fire. And his ship was taking in water. And it seemed like he was going down. And the captain from the other ship said, Do you surrender? He said, I have yet begun to fight. Oh, come on, church tonight. Oh, you may have been hit. Enemy hit his church, and he come and put a hole in it. I'm here to tell you tonight, we have yet begun to fight. We're standing tonight for the truth. We're standing for healing. We're standing for deliverance. We're standing for thus saith the Lord. We're not backing up. We're not giving in. We're standing here. We're going to fight to the finish. We're going to fight to the end. See, Satan wants you to surrender. He wants you to give up and walk away in defeat. Brother Lance Parker called me this morning or this evening, and he sent me a text the day before Sister Erica passed away. And he said, this is her comment. That stupid devil. Here she is gasping for breath. That stupid devil. He knows that it ain't going to end like this. And so that's where I took my text tonight. It ain't going to end like this. No, it looks like it ends in defeat. It looks like we're taking on water. It looks like we're destroyed. Oh, it looks like we're persecuted. It looks like we're defeated. Oh, but church, we're not persecuted. We're not in despair. We're not forsaken. It is not the end of the end. We're just beginning to fight. Come on, word of life. This is the time you fight like you never fought before. This is the time you gather together like a church body like you never had before. This is the time that we, were, we come together with one resolve, one determination, whatever. We're going to live and we're going to preach and we're going to stand for this word. This is the time not to lay down your weapon. This is the time to fight. Don't give up. Don't walk away. This is the time to be greater committed to the cause. This is a time to be more determined than ever, to be fearless. Sometimes, you know what it takes to get fearless? A nice drink of whiskey. You're like, Brother Joe, what do y'all do down in Louisiana? Well, I'm going to go ahead and be honest, we get drunk. Oh, there was a bar on 1700, three Highway 371 called Even Like Tabernacle. You can walk in there sober, but oh, let me tell you, you get you a good drink of that Holy Ghost. You get you a good drink of that man, you feel like you're 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Like that little mouse fell in that wine jar. Just gobble, 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 go back down and drink more. By the time that jar was empty, he come crawling out of that jar. Where is that old cat at anyway? Let me tell you, where is that old 
for the great fight. We're not going down in defeat, but we're coming together as a church body. Satan wants you to think there's no chance of survival. You know, we find today reports are coming in over and over. This one with cancer. That one with cancer. And when you hear it, fear just seems to grip us, doesn't it? Fear begins to grip us. But you know, I'm determined to preach faith like never before. That God is still on the throne. Either God's word is truth or it's not. Either he's a healer or he's not. Either he's a deliverer or he's not. Either the prodigals come home or they don't. But I'm going to tell you, I can testify that God is his word and his word never fails in the mouth of a believer. But Satan wants you to give up. He wants you to surrender. He don't want you to think there's any chance of survival. He wants you to think that death is the only option. He doesn't want you to fight. But Winston Churchill would say it like this. When his country was in the greatest battle of their life, Greatest conflict. He said, we shall defend our island. Whatever the cost. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. Maybe the devil's whispering in your ear, surrender, just give up, walk away. Don't you see God don't keep his word? I'm here to tell you, we're going to fight for truth, church. Let me just put it in my own words tonight. We're going we're gonna to defend this message with everything that we got, whatever the cost. We're going to fight for our families. We're going to fight for our children. We're going to fight for our healing. We're going to fight for deliverance. We're going to fight for joy. We're going to fight for peace. We're going to fight for the Holy Ghost. We're going to fight for the supernatural. We're going to fight for prayer lines. We're going to fight for altar calls. We're going to fight. Oh, devil, I'm here to tell you tonight, we're going to fight. It ain't going to end like you think it is. There's a great big church here that's all anointed with the Holy Ghost and the power of God tonight. We're not backing up. It may appear that the enemy's winning. It may. Many are sick. Diagnosis of cancer coming in left and right. Homes are being destroyed. Marriages are in shambles. Many have walked away from this message. Young people strung out on drugs. But it don't end like that. I'm telling you, church, it ain't going to end like that. But Ben will tell us in the greatest battle ever fought, he goes, there you are. He said, it takes the word of God. Cut your way through every doubt. See? Sure, that's it. That's the next job. Let it get done right. Next thing I'm going to do is get away from my doubts and cut it down. And that's my next job is get all my frustrations away. Can we just for a few minutes tonight, get all of our frustrations away. Get all the cares of today and this week behind us and say, God, I'm going to cut my way through all the doubts, cut my way through all the unbelief, cut my way through all the affliction, cut my way through all the nonsense. And Lord, I'm going to cut my way through tonight and receive from your word. So my senses tell me, well, you feel bad. Come on, word of life. Well, I just don't feel like it. Well, poor you. Man, you look at Brother Ron Spencer, stage four cancer, brain, lungs, throughout his body. 
That man gets up there and puked his guts up the night before, and yet he's standing there preaching the gospel like he'd never been sick. And you say, oh, well, I got a toothache. I got a headache. I broke my fingernail. Oh, come on, somebody. It's just time that we get in and we lay into this word and we attend the services and let the new man or the inward man be renewed service after service after service with a more determination to serve God like never before. Cut your way through the doubts. You know, young people, you got to cut your way through some things. Got to cut your way through some family strains. There's a lot of things you got to overcome as a young person. A lot of complexes you got to overcome. Am I good enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I skinny enough? Well, let me tell you, you ain't going to ever be enough. Because that was going to keep putting something out there a little bit better, a little bit skinnier, a little bit better looking, a little bit prettier. Oh, but we're not basing ourselves and our character and where God wants us on anything that the devil has to offer. So you got to pull down and cut your way through complexes and cut your way through depression. Cut your way through those suicidal thoughts. Brother Andrew and I have done a lot of prayer lines and youth camps together. and a lot of, You find a lot of times that they come in with depression and suicide begins to attach itself to depression. And you begin to work with that patient and work with that young person and you finally click to it and you find what the issue is. And we, we, many times we have cast that thing off. Because we got a right to cast it off. But Satan tells you, well, it's going to end like this. You're going to cut your wrist. You're going to die. There's going to be so many people come to your, your funeral. And, oh, you're going to be remembered so great. That's how he wants you to think. Come on. I don't want to be on the other side looking down because I've done something stupid. But we'll find you've got to cut your way through these things. Cut your way through all these things that are trying to come against you. The Bible will tell us in Ephesians 6, verse 10, Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord. Notice, not strong in your own self, not strong in, in some man's doctrine, not strong in where you go to church, not strong in this, that, and other, but be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. See, put on the whole armor of God. And there's no armor for the back. There's no retreat for the believer. There's no surrender for the believer. It's all on, full on battle, full on war. You got to face Him head on. We find here it says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Then he says, take unto us the whole armor of God that we may be able to withstand in the evil day. That's this day. God has prepared us to stand in this day and he's given us the equipment by which we're to stand in this day. Take on this word. Notice we're wrestling. It's a contest. We're not wrestling with flesh and blood. Me and brother Andrew or, or me and brother Joe or me and this other brother. We're not wrestling because maybe I'm just a little bitty pipsqueak. I mean, I'm five foot five and a half. That's right. Give me a hand clap. I went to the doctor about three months ago and they told me, uh, you're five foot five and a half. I'm like, what? My whole life I've been five, six and a half. They robbed me of an inch, Brother Daryl. But I'm going to tell you what, I'm getting my inch back. Yeah, I just turned 48 not too long ago and the older you get, the shorter you get. The loss, I mean, I lost my hair. Thank God I got my wits about me. But we find that we're fighting against principalities, against wickedness in high places. 
We're fighting to get back in our position as sons and daughters of God. And there's Satan and his minions and devil after devil trying to keep you from getting back to your position. Satan don't want you to recognize who you are. But from the beginning, in the mind of God, you always was a son of God. You always will be a son of God. There ain't enough devils in hell can take that away. And if that's the case, then it don't have to end like this. It don't have to go down like this. We can take our position, take our authority, and take our rights to the word. And back Satan in a corner. And we find today that many believers, even Christians, many believers, today they're wrestling against anxieties, fears. Brother Andrew, how many times do you deal with anxiety and fear and prayer lines? Fear that I'm not going to be healed. Or fear that I'm not going to be saved. Fear that I can't keep the Holy Ghost. Fear that I'm going to go down in the feet. Worried about this anxiety and all pressured up. We, they wrestle against depression, complexes, demon oppression. And see, these are not flesh and blood battles. Because if they were flesh and blood battles, we'd go out and get the best AR-15 we can buy. Man, we'd have an armor full. We can take care of it, but these things, that you can't just go out and buy some weapon. No, but God has provided you exactly what you have need of. God has given us the greatest protection, not only for a defense, but God has given you what you need for an offensive war. You know, and I think many times we pray and we, oh, God, help us here and oh, God, help us there. And when the enemy comes in or we're in the battle, we're in the midst of the trenches, it's always the bride playing defense. I'm here to tell you tonight, it's time that the bride takes the promises of God and goes on the offense. The Bible says that I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So when you're in the midst of the battle, he's right there. When, the, when hell's all against you, he's right there. There's no way for the believer to go down in the feet. So scrape your shoulders back tonight and begin to press the devil. I'm not backing up Satan. I'm not giving up tonight. I'm holding this word that faith is the promise. Healing is my promise. Deliverance is my promise. My kids are my promise. My family is my promise. My marriage is my promise. I'm taking God in his word tonight it's my promise I'm not backing off of it go on the offense for once what Bible would tell us in putting on the whole armor of God he said we don't wrestle with toeholds flesh and blood but we wrestle against spiritual powers wrestlers see they practice on breaking toeholds and things he says, but you don't break these toeholds. No. He says, could you imagine a wrestler come out with his fingernails polished? Got his little jelly band on. What would Jesus do? He wouldn't be wearing a jelly band. Oh, I better watch out, huh? I'm not at home, Brother Joe. Oh, got his fingernails polished, his trunks on, wearing shorts, got his trunks on. Oh, yeah, we still believe in a clothesline religion the last time I heard. He goes, but you don't break these toes. No, coming out there with his fingernails polished, trunks on with all kind of gold beads around it. He goes, look like a pretty good wrestler, but that's just only intellectual. See, he hasn't got a hidden strength there 
That when the enemy gets a toehold on him that he can just pull him out of it. See, his intellectual beads around him and everything don't make much difference. So all of our intellectual means nothing if they're in a hidden power. You can know this Bible backwards and forwards. You can know every quote backwards and forwards. But if there is no anointing behind it, if there's no power behind it, it ain't nothing but head knowledge. Let me tell you, God, you'll take that head knowledge and you go right to hell with head knowledge. But God has given us an anointing in this hour. God has given us a word in this hour. And it's got to be more than intellectual understanding. It's got to be a supernatural anointing behind this word to make this word live, to go out into the highways and the byways and catch young men by the name of Reed Ball and bring them back to the house of God. Oh, in an unexpected place, in an unexpected way, he goes into some old place to have breakfast. Not even his favorite place. I think God's pretty on time. It may not be in his favorite place, but it was God's favorite place. And God stole so much to come by there, and he was just a little bit annoyed with the old man that began to bring him the word. You may be a little bit annoyed tonight with the young man that's bringing you the word. Oh, but God, God's going to never lose. It may look like he was going down in the feet, drugs, ravishing his life, destroyed him, pulled him out of the house of God. His own daddy didn't want anything to do with him. Don't bring your hide to my house. I don't want to be around that. But God said it don't have to end that way. God said it ain't over yet. God says I got the final say. God says, you come from God, you come from my thoughts, and if you come from my thoughts and that seed is on the inside, I don't care how much dirt that old devil puts on you, how much sin he puts on you, whatever he does, it ain't going to stop that seed. Oh, glory to God. It ain't going to stop that seed. That seed is coming up. It's going to come up tonight, church. Somebody will take that word and believe it's for me. It's for my young person. It's for my child. It's for my grandchild. That word is saved today, church. If it can save Reed Ball, it can save your child. Oh, it ain't got to end that way. God is still on the throne. He's still full of mercy. He's still full of grace. Brother Reed, where are you tonight? I used your testimony about three weeks ago and I preached the message. Believe or have faith and believe. And I want to tell you this. I wanted to tell you in the back, but I'm going to tell you right now in front of everybody. I showed your testimony, yours and your brother's. Talked to your dad beforehand to get the permission. I said, he's a bigger boy than I am. I got to get permission. <laughs> I mean, he said he likes to do weights. I'm like, ooh. I know how big your daddy is. I told the church he can bench press our church. But I showed your testimony at our church and I was preaching on have faith and believe. A young man came up at the end of service. He said, Brother Joe, this is my third chance. So Reed, don't you think your testimony didn't reach somebody? Already it's done touched somebody. Satan said he was going down. Satan said it was over. Satan said he took his family out of the house of God. Satan said he'll never amount to anything. He's going down in destruction. But by somebody's testimony of a God who's rich in mercy, that young man came and fell on my shoulders and began to cry his way back to Calvary. And he's now serving God. I'm telling you, it ain't got to end the way the devil thinks. And it ain't going to end the way the devil thinks. God is rich in mercy. He's still on the throne. He's still saving. He's still delivering. He's still healing. He's still, oh, hallelujah. He's still setting free tonight. And he wants you to know, church, no matter what you're going through, he's got it. 
Proverbs says we're in a wrestling match. Wrestling not with fine dress, intellectual psychology, but we're wrestling with power in the promise of God, which can break any hold on the devil. Your intellectual ain't got no power. That devil fighting you, that intellect, that psychology, it ain't going to break that toehold. But you take him back to this one time. You take him back to this. Or Sister Armstrong, yeah. Is it Armstrong, Jessica? Nope. Brother Tony's wife. Tony, big Tony. Y'all got a Tony here, big Tony. Tony, stand up. You're making me look bad. I saw you the other day doing parking. Tony McGraw, where's his wife at? Angela, right? Jennifer. I don't know these people's name. I ain't never, I'm not from here. What's, all right, well, they're on vacation, but we're not. We're in church, so let's have church. So a couple years ago at our youth camp, just to give you another little testimony. This is this okay tonight? At our youth camp, it was Sunday morning after the all-night prayer line. Prayer line went to about 1 o'clock in the morning. I was exhausted. I got out of bed about 2 o'clock. I was up at 6 o'clock trying to get to sunrise service. But you know, I got a slogan, coffee before we pray. I'm sorry. I was in no mood to pray yet, but she had a young girl out there, and this girl was tormented. And, and so they come, and they said, Brother Joe, Sister McGraw needs you over there to pray for her. I'm like, look, I'm going to finish my coffee. And I know this is going around the world. This, is, this sounds awful, awful, doesn't it? So I, I, I chugged it real quick. And I went over there and began to talk to this young girl. And Sister Jennifer McGraw was right there. And we're kneeling down. And I'm talking to her. And she says, you know, her friend came in the prayer line the night before. She had a demon on her. So me and my wife and Sister Lydia Ogilvy, Brother Aaron's wife, were in the back. And we were working with this young girl. And she's foaming out the mouth like a dog. And it's, she's rearing up. And Brother Darrell, I'm going to tell you, she was 100 times her strength. She was a young 16-year-old girl. I worked with her for 45 minutes. I was wiped out. Just trying to hold her down so we could pray and begin to begin to be able to cast that devil off. And Brother Matt McGarry came back here and we just began to work with her because he goes to her church and he knew some things and he began to deal with it. Anyway, we got hurt. We got this devil cast off of her and I was like, oh, praise God. Well, the next morning, I go over there and this young girl goes to church with her. She was all nerved up. I don't want to be like my friend. I'm, I'm scared. I'm nervous. I, I got all this anxiety. I said, well, Oh, we're just praying you can go back in service and enjoy the service. It's a sunrise service. So I go and lay my hands on her, and all of a sudden, that spirit begins to speak, I don't like you. I said, well, good. I don't like you either. <laughs> so I'm glad we got that settled. And see, the devil thought he was going to stay there. He thought he was going to hide behind that. He was going to scare me like I'm afraid of some demon. And I began to pray with her. And I said, look, Satan, you can't stay. You're an unwelcome guest here. You're a squatter here. You can't remain here. She don't want you here. And by the authority of this word, we cast you out. And that thing left her. And she went back inside rejoicing and praising God. And she was just at our meetings. And she's still rejoicing and praising God. What am I telling you? I'm telling you that God... God has the final say. God has the final verdict. God has the final word. Your condition ain't too, too far for God to move on tonight. He's still on the throne, church. Brother Brown will tell us he defeated Satan with it is written. I didn't come up with some psychology to pray for that young girl. I just laid hands on her and prayed. I just believed. 
And you better know where you stand when you start fighting toe-to-toe with an enemy. And Brother Brown will tell us the Word of God will defeat Satan any place, anywhere, under any conditions. Did y'all hear that? On the job, in the school, in the car, in the church, at your house, in your quiet time, the Word of God will defeat Satan anywhere, anytime, under any condition. But it takes a hidden man of the heart. Oh, let me just keep moving on here. Woo. Y'all a good crowd to preach to tonight. The Bible would tell us in Romans 8, they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. 8 and verse 5. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now I know, I'm sitting here talking to a bunch of cherubs. Y'all ain't never had a carnal thought, have you? Not us. Nope, we're word of life. JC. <laughs> yeah, we got this thing covered up, Brother Joe. Look around. No, we got carnal thoughts, church. Come on. But the Bible says to be carnally minded. See, to be carnally minded is enmity. It's, it's against God. See, it cannot please God. But the, the carnal mind is enmity against God. But, and we're told that, that though that walk after the Spirit... And that's what we want to get into tonight is the spirit. We don't want to walk in and come into church all worked up in our carnality and in our minds and in all the pressures of the world. Here we're living in Laodicea and we're living in Satan's Eden and we hear wars and rumors of war and we're worried about Israel and we're worried about Ukraine. We've got all this on our mind. No, that ain't our, that's not our battle. That's not for us to worry about. God's got all that worked out. But to be carnally minded is to mind the things of the flesh. To give in to the things of the flesh, the propensities of our nature. And we know that our nature is a fallen nature. But God wants us to be spiritually minded, to cater to the things of the Word, things of the Holy Ghost. Let God be able to speak to you through that still, small voice. So He can nudge you and you know that that's God. You're not so consumed with the things of life and the affairs of life that you miss the nudging of God. Because I know... Just to be honest with you, we all at some point in our walk have missed it. And then Satan begins to work on your mind. You missed it. You missed the call of God. You, you should have prayed longer. She would have just spent five more minutes, ten more minutes, thirty more seconds. If you have not given up, God would have done something. See, that's how he wants to get. He wants to work on your carnality. But see, we, our battle is not in the mind, or it's not in the carnal, the carnality of our mind, but it's in our spirit realm. Satan's trying to defeat us and try to, to bring us down. And, and we find here in Romans 12, 1, Paul would tell us, I beseech you, therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed... And that word conform there means to conform to the same pattern. To be not conformed to the world, but to be transformed, metamorphosed. You come in like a caterpillar, chewing around, you know, Brother Jewel for Climbing up that tree. Walking out on that branch, just chewing away. Caterpillar, but then you, you settle in a place. You settle in Johnson City, Tennessee. 
start spinning a cocoon in Word of Life, JC. And all of a sudden, you've been there a year. You've been there two years. Some of you have been in that cocoon a long time. You've been, you're still in that cocoon. But eventually, what comes out of that cocoon is not the same thing that went in that cocoon. Oh, a butterfly went in, but a son of God comes out. A sinner comes in all tatted up, drunk up, drunk up. But oh, he's been in there and spun himself around the word of God and then got into a spiritual atmosphere and he comes out a beautiful creature. He comes out a real son of God where the things of the, of the world, the things of the flesh no longer have a pull on him, no longer have a, a desire in his heart anymore. No, why? Because why? He's a different creature. He's been transformed by the word of God. He's been metamorphed by the word. He's been changed by the word, church. Let me tell you, I know what I'm talking about. When I was 21 years old, I was headed to a devil's hell and a sinner's grave. Oh, but God, rich in mercy, came down and he said, turn your car around. I was trying to kill myself. But God said it don't have to end that way. I was out on all night drunk. By 2 o'clock in the morning, Spirit of God, I, wouldn't, I didn't grow up in a church, didn't grow up in a message church, didn't grow up in a Baptist. My family was on drugs and things like that. Let me tell you, it was an awfulness. But there was a seed planted. I said there was a seed planted. I didn't know about that seed. I didn't know that I come from God. Oh, but through the memory of my father, he began to share with me where I came from, where I'm going. And he came down one night about 2 o'clock in the morning, and he said, turn your car around. I turned my car around. I went home and knelt beside my bed and gave my heart to God. Let me tell you, I ain't never taking it back. Oh, I'm a child of God tonight. I'm a child of God tomorrow. I've been a child of God. Why? Because God said it don't have to end that way. You don't have to kill yourself. You don't have to go down in the feet. You don't have to go down in the structure. You're not child. I'm coming by your way tonight. The natural mind. Notice 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because why? They are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man. For who have known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we. Come on, put your hand up, we. But we. But we have the mind of Christ. And let this mind that was in Christ be in you. What was the mind of Christ? He knew where he come from. He knew what his position was. He knew what his purpose was. He knew what his calling was. What am I telling you, bride of Jesus Christ? I'm telling you, you got to know who you are in this hour. You got to know that you come from God and you're going back to God. And no matter what you face down here, it don't have no hold on you because it can't keep you. Because God has given you a position, a holy position as the bride of Jesus Christ. And we find what we yield our minds to, what we think on, what we meditate on, what we generally just dwell on, our actions follow. You take somebody, I hate to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. He started thinking about doubts. I can't do this. I'm never good enough. They come walking in the church. I mean, you see those people. Y'all don't have them here. I know that, so don't answer that question. But they drag in. Look like Eeyore. Eeyore. 
always sad. They lock you up in a corner if they want to tell you about their whole personal affair, and they just told you an hour ago. Now they got you in there for another hour. You come out of the bathroom stall like, oh my God, I did it again. See, because all they dwell on is their bad, their things that are going on, things that are in their life, how they struggled, how they did this, oh, how Satan has attacked them and how they just can't ever get up and, oh, they're so depressed, they're so defeated. And the Bible says, whatsoever thing you dwell on, oh, your actions are going to follow. And Paul would warn us, Paul would tell us, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any strength, think on these things. This is what you need to put your mind on tonight. Think on these things. Oh, God has promised you a body change. God has promised you a resurrection. God has promised you a change. Oh, think on these things. Quit dwelling on your debt. Quit dwelling on your past. Quit dwelling on your mistakes. Quit dwelling on that depression. And think on these things tonight. Think on the Word of God tonight. Let this Word change you tonight. Let this mind, which was in Christ, my, my, my. And you know my pastor preaches two hours. That's my pastor. Don't worry. That was a joke. See, if we let the mind of Christ come into us, it'll stabilize your worries. It'll stabilize your thinking. You'll quit walking in defeated. You'll quit talking like a defeated person. You'll quit acting like a defeated person. No, when you let the mind of God come in you, Brother Joe, it'll stabilize. Man, I know who I am. You know, if my dad was Daniel Ball over there, big, strapping, uh, six foot four, I had to work. <laughs> I ain't gonna guess your weight. <laughs> I'm gonna spare you. But man, my dad's a little bitty short man. Short, stumpy, but we got a good thing going for us. We're all cute in my family. <laughs> I got an amen from my cousin Jason over there. <laughs> but you know, if, if my dad was big and he's burly and he's strong looking, and man, I wouldn't worry about nothing. I'll be walking through there picking on people. Yeah. That's <laughs> my daddy right there, big man over there. And sometimes we treat God like he's a nobody. We treat God like he can't do it. We treat God like he's a little bitty, little bitty nothing. But I'm here to tell you, your God is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. There ain't a devil he can't whoop. There ain't a demon he can't beat. There ain't a trial he ever been defeated in. I said he's undefeatable. He's a champion tonight. You got a Goliath, I got a God. You got a me, I got a king tonight. He's able tonight. He's big and strapping, undefeated. Hallelujah. I said he's undefeated tonight. You ain't got to worry, church. You ain't got to go down in defeat tonight. Your God is undefeatable. Put your trust in him tonight. Cast your cares upon him tonight. He cares for you. If you let that mind come in you, that's my daddy. Ooh. See, us short people, what we have is called a Napoleon complex. I'm about to, don't worry. I drive a big truck, murdered out, just for y'all to know what that means. All these young people do. 
blacked out, murdered out, good looking, jacked up. I got to have a, a step stool to get in that thing. <laughs> what are you doing, bro? I'm making up. I'm making up. But I'm here to tell you tonight, you ain't got to make up with God. God don't need a super truck. God just needs your faith tonight. God needs you to believe tonight. God needs you to trust him tonight. When all seems like all hell is broke loose around you, let me tell you, quit worrying about what hell's doing and wait for the heaven to answer down. A prophet of God said, when all hell turns loose, all heaven turns loose also. I said, all heaven, come down tonight. Come down tonight. All hell's all around us. Hell's consumed us. But we're looking to you to come tonight. We're looking to you to answer tonight. We're looking to you to respond tonight. All heaven, come down and break the shackles off tonight. It's time we turn that negative testimony into I can. I will. I do believe. I can. I will. I do believe what? That it heals me. He delivers me. He saves me. He fills me with the Holy Ghost. He's come by on a Wednesday night. You may have walked in sick, but you ain't got to walk out sick. You may have walked in all depressed, but you ain't got to walk out that way. You can walk out with joy unspeakable, full of glory. See, Satan knew his purpose. My, my, my. Can I hurry up? I'm going to have to. Let me get somewhere. See, Satan wants you to think that your difficulty, that your affliction is your end. Let's put the first picture up. He'll tell you, Okay, second picture. I've done a series back home on God does impossible math. And I'm here to tell you, he still does. You realize every math problem has an answer? Though you may not be able to figure it out, God does. So when I did this series on God does impossible math, to every problem that we face, Brother Harry, there's a solution. And God has the answer. You see this right here? This is Sister Atlanta Butts. Stage four lymphomic cancer in her left lung or her right lung. Satan said it has to end this way. You look at the date on there, 12, 27, 17. Next picture. Here she is, one moment in the presence of Almighty God. There she was singing, leaning on the everlasting arm. She caught the revelation that she don't have to have cancer. She don't have to go down in the feet. And she began to run and dance. Next slide. Dance all over the church. And she didn't get to enjoy her 40th birthday. She turned 41 here, but we gave her a 40th birthday anyway. Next slide. And here she is again, church, healthy and well. Just went back for a recent PET scan, completely cancer-free. Oh, what am I telling you? I'm telling you, it don't have to end that way. It's not over until God says it's over. Next slide. How I many know this young girl? Sister Mariah, stand up. I know you're here tonight. Here she was, stricken with alopecia. Some of you may have never seen this picture. Satan said her hair would never grow back. How were you at this time, Mariah? 11 years old. You think about what that did to the self-esteem of an 11-year-old girl who all she wanted to do was be beautiful. And she is. But she come through a prayer line. You know, there's people today, they want to do away with prayer line. They say, that's nonsense. We don't need to do that anymore. But she had some bobby pins, Brother Rob, in her hand, and she came up in that prayer line. 
And she says, I want to put these in my hair when I get through the other side. Next slide. Oh, let me tell you, just a few months later, God began to restore. God began to restore. God was showing, I'm still God. I'm still able. I'm still I'm greater than alopecia. I'm greater than cancer. I'm greater than anything that you'll face. Next slide. Look at it. Nice, pretty brown, black hair. Next slide. Oh my, and got married. Oh yeah. She didn't know I was going to throw that one in there. See, Satan told her, ain't nobody going to marry you. Look at that. You ain't got no hair. God says it ain't over until I say it's over. God says I got the final say. And now, she's married to a wonderful young man or part of your church part of your church family. What am I telling you this for? I'm telling you this to encourage your faith tonight that God has the final say. That God has the ultimate say. And it ain't over no matter what you just faced. God has the final say for you, church. Next slide. See this young man, this is little Drew, Dexter. They said he had underdeveloped hips, would never walk, hadn't walked yet. He's two years old, wouldn't walk. Next slide. And now he is dressed up in a little police outfit. All of a sudden, one brother or sister Karen was dealing with her brain bleeds and everything, and she was in her room praying. I know you know the testimony, but I'm going to share it with you again anyway because I'm the preacher tonight and you're the listener, so we're just going to have a good time. And we find that, and she began to pray and lift her hands and rejoice, and the presence of God swept into her, her bedroom. And little Drew, who never walked, the doctors gave him no hope of walking. The presence of God came in there, and a young boy never walked, got up on his feet and began to run all around their house. What am I telling you? God is still able. God is still on the throne, church. You got a need tonight. My God, oh, hallelujah. He's able to meet that need. He's able to deliver. Next slide. Here he is about seven, eight years old with his family. And man, that little boy's mind. He's sharp. Next slide. See this little fella here? Some of you probably got one of these in your family. This is Brother Justin Ware. Grew up in our church. His dad's been a trustee for some 20 plus years. But when he got of age and turned 18 and went to college, he got in the wrong crowd, began to do drugs, got into a band, began to play music. Next slide. Here he is rocking out with his long hair, playing his devil music. But Brother Wayne Lawson, how many of you know Brother Wayne? Brother Wayne came by on a Wednesday night, even like Tabernacle, and service just went a little bit extra special that night. We had a prayer line. Oh, we begin to pray and begin to pray, Brother Andrew, and we pray for this one, and we pray for that one. And then a little young girl, about 16 years old, came in that prayer line, and she says, I want my brother saved. Wow. I want my brother saved. Amen. Let me tell you, it got to be about 11 o'clock at night, that young boy realized his mom wasn't home. His dad wasn't home. He jumped out of that bed, looked out the window. The car wasn't home. He went across the street to the neighbor's house. Their car wasn't home. He was afraid that the rapture took place. He went across town to another's neighbor that goes to our church, and their car wasn't home. He's like, oh, no, I've been left behind. He raced his way to church that night, ran his truck in the ditch, came inside. Next slide, came into the church in his pajamas, made his way to the altar. Next slide. And here he is at the altar right there, gave his heart to God, and he ain't never been the same. I hear the tape. He's never been the same. Next slide. Here he is right now. With his, he's happily married. God gave him a beautiful wife, and he's a wonderful bass player, an added musician in our church. You may have a prodigal out there, but I'm here to tell you, it don't have to end that way. 
No, sir, if a little 16-year-old girl can pray for her brother, shouldn't you be able to pray for yours? Next slide. Boy, that's a pretty sight. That's a mugshot, Brother Joe Green. This man grew up in a message church, left him when he was about 18 years old, said it wasn't for him. Got out, he's got a rap sheet a mile long. Larcery, burglary, all kind of stuff. I mean, just a mile long here. And yet, next slide. Here is his wife, Sister Stephanie. Brother Andrew and I know this couple very well. She was on drugs from the age of nine years old. Turned on drugs by her parents. A practicing atheist. He's a thief, burglar, grand larceny, all kind of thing. Rap sheet a mile long. But one day. One day. But one day. One day they walked into a church service. One day something changed. One day they came into a church service and God began to deal with their heart. Next slide. One day they gave their heart to God and God restored them. And now he's a trustee of the church and she's a Sunday school teacher. Oh, hallelujah. An atheist teaching your Sunday school, teaching your kids, a thief teacher, taking care of the finances of the church. Oh, it don't have to end that way. Next slide. This is Brother Andrew Tushin, our organ player, and his wife. They've been married seven years. Couldn't have a baby. Come up for prayer. Next slide. You'll see here they come up for prayer, calling out to God. Brother Ron Spencer was at the church that time. Had a vision. Saw a little baby in their arms. Say, said, there's no hope. Your womb is unfertile. Next slide. Now they got a little baby. Little baby girl, Abigail Tushin. Brother Joe, why are you telling us this? I'm trying to give you testimony. I know you've been hurt. I know you've been shell-shot. But I'm going to tell you, it don't have to end that way. God has got testimony after testimony after testimony of his saving grace, of his miraculous power. And he's still here tonight to do it for you, church, to meet your need tonight. God's able. Let me begin to wrap this up tonight. Next slide. How many know what this is? I know you're intelligent. It's a chessboard. How many know what the main piece on that board is? What is it? The king. The king is the main piece on the board. And let me just tell you, your king is the main piece. It's chess. It's a game of wit. It's where you make moves to get your opponent to make moves. It's to where you have to out-strategize, manipulate your opponent. And sometimes you may have to make sacrifices, Brother Joe. You may have to lose one of your pieces so that you can get your opponent into a position that you can checkmate him. See, there was a story next slide. How many have ever seen this picture? This is called Checkmate. We find here, there was a, there's a story, this picture once hung in the Louvre Museum in France. And there was a, one day there was a group of people coming by to look at the, the, the museum, look at all the nice artifacts and all the artwork. And, and in this certain group, there was a grandmaster, an international chess champion. He came in and he looked at the Mona Lisa and 
just passed it on by and he's, he looked here at this picture. He was an international chess champion. And he began to study. And we look at this picture here and we see that we have Satan here on the left. But before that, we have a chessboard that's being played on a coffin because Satan is in battle for your soul. And we have a king who looks forlorn and lost and we have an angel looking over his shoulder. It's like there's no hope. They're in despair. The young king is in checkmate. That's what the picture is called. So this painting, we find that the legend has it. This man stood and he looked at this painting and he studied this painting and he watched this painting. And we find in this painting, we have a lion here with his paw on a skull of the previous victim because there's no escape, so Satan thinks. And we see this red feather in his cap, which is an ancient emblem of craftiness and cunningness. And you look at the pieces of Satan, his pieces, he is his own king. His queen is a voluptuous woman. His pieces are anger, malice, all these different pride, falsehoods, doubt, and unbelief. And we find the young man's pieces are peace, love, joy, happiness, goodness, and all these pieces. But when you look at this and you look at the pieces here, Satan has a lot more pieces than the king. There's a spider here who's making its way to spin another web of snare for this young king to get his next victim. So we look at all this and we see that Satan is after our soul. And every move you make, plays into his hand. And every move he makes can play into your hand. So we find that we have, we're in a a chess chess match. Who's going to outsmart the next one? They say that a, a good chess player can make one move at a time, one move ahead at a time. Or an average chess player can make one move ahead at a time. A good chess player can make four to five moves ahead. But a grand master can make 20 moves Ahead at a time. So he knows you make this move, then he's got these next 20 moves made. And see, that's how Satan does some of you. Get on that website and you make that move, then he's got you. Boom, 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 boom. And now you're spiraling down a world of pornography. Or you go to make this move and you click on believe the sign, and all of a sudden now you're down this spiral road of unbelief and that God sent a prophet and that this message is true. So Satan is always trying to outsmart. He's trying to always blur the lines of black and white and make everything gray. Things that we used to wouldn't allow in our house, now they're welcomed. Music that we used to would not listen to, now we listen to. Novels and books and magazines that we used to not want to look at, now we just allow our kids to feed on them and look at them. You know, it's not hurting anybody. So that's the things. See, Satan is looking for weaknesses. He's looking for weaknesses. And if he can weaken Word of Life Church by getting you to not believe that he's still able, that God's still able to heal, he finds that weakness. He'll slip in there and he'll begin to manipulate that. And he'll begin to bring this one down and that one down and that one down and that one down. So we find Satan is always thinking ahead. And he'll get you sometimes to make bad choices. Now, how many of you have ever made a bad choice? Yes, sir. All right, praise God, I'm in good company. He'll make you make bad choices based on your feelings, 
based on your complexes, based on fears, based on worries, based on regrets, based on past history, family strains. Well, this is who I am. I just have to do this. No, you don't. See, Satan loves to do that and to back you in the corner. Well, see, we find the Bible says, or as my wife sung that song, the facts may be stacked up against you. Tonight, you may be in a serious battle. Satan's going to back you up and say, well, there's no hope for you. There's no use of trying. There's no use even believing for healing. There's no use even believing for deliverance. You've got to be stuck that way. This is who you are. It's your makeup. But the truth is, he's already won the battle. See, the facts may be stacked up against you, but the truth is God's on your side. See, the truth is that it's not the end of the story. God's the one with the pen in his hand. And he told your prophet, pick up the pen and write. Pick it up. This is what I want you to tell my bride. That she's a lovely woman. Oh, church. To let you know where you come from. Because he knew you would need a message like this in this hour when all hell's assailing you. That you can come back to this word. And it'll be your anchor. So as we find, the facts is that we're troubled on every side. But the truth is we're not distressed. Facts is that we're perplexed. Sometimes we don't know which way to go. But the truth is we're not in despair. The facts is we're persecuted. But the truth is we're not forsaken. The facts are that we're cast down. Many of us have been cast down many a time. But the truth is we're not destroyed. We're still here, church. We're still believing. We're still plugging along. And let me just tell you this, when the devil is all gone and he's defeated, you'll still be standing. You'll still be here. When, when that healing has happened and Satan is defeated and he's cast into that lake of fire, we'll still be worshiping. We'll still be praising God. What did God tell Job? Job, where were you when I hung the foundations of the world? Where were you, Job, when the sons of God shouted for joy? He was reminding Job before the first affliction, before he lost his family, before he lost his wealth, that Job, you were in my thoughts. And if you was in my thoughts there, you will be in my thoughts now. Nothing can destroy you, Job. This ain't the end of it. I'm going to restore more and more unto you. And I'm going to tell you, Word of Life Church, that God is the same today. He's the same yesterday, today, and for, forever, church. And whatever you have need of, He's able tonight to do it. He's able tonight to meet your need. He's able tonight to heal your body. He's able tonight to save your prodigal son. He's able tonight to deliver. He's able tonight to do whatever you have need of. It's not the end of the story. Let's get back to the painting as we bring this to a close. Grandmaster standing there, he's looking at this picture. And he's staring at it. And he's looking at it. And all of a sudden, somebody may want to take that cell phone call. Satan may be wanting to tell you something. He's looking at this picture and he's in the Louvre Museum. And all of a sudden, he says, wait, hold up a minute. It's all wrong. The curator of the museum came over there. What's all this excitement about? Why are you so emotional? He said, the painting is wrong. 
wrong. It's wrong. Get a hold of the author of the painting because it's titled wrong. The king has one more move. What am I telling you tonight, church of God? It may look like you're in checkmate. It may look like you're going down in defeat. It may look like you can't be healed. It may look like your finances are a mess. It may appear that your marriage is in shambles. But the king... The king, he has one more move tonight. It ain't checkmate for you. It's checkmate for the devil. I say it's checkmate for the devil. Sister Erica didn't go down in the feet. She didn't get checkmated. The king, he's got one more move tonight. Oh, church, Brother Joe, one day, God's going to make a move. And all of a sudden, we're going to step out of this pest house. Oh, we're going to take a change. Oh, we're going to be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. God's got one more move, church, and he's here to move on your behalf tonight. Whatever you have need of, the king, he's able, he's willing, and he's got one more move. Musicians, if you'd come. You may have lost your job. Your finances may be a mess. Your marriage is shambles. But I'm here to tell you, the king's got one more move. A doctor may have diagnosed you with cancer. But the king's got one more move. They said there's no way that you can get overcome that diabetes, that heart pressure, or that blood pressure and that heart trouble. But the king has got one more move. Amen. The king has got one more move. Young person, Satan telling you to commit suicide. Nobody's going to miss you. Nobody's going to care about you. I'm going to tell you the king has got one more move. You've got a need tonight, church? The king He's got one more move. I'll be glad to pray with you tonight. If you'll just play that song, Brother Harry. Play that song that my wife sings. Sister Jessica, if you'd come. Whatever your need is. I preached this service a while back. Gave Brother Sean Martins. And Brother Mark Spencer's wife come up for prayer. Preacher's wife. But she had a need. God began to discern her need and began to talk to her. Begin to begin to prepare her for where she's at today as a pastor's wife. Struggling at work, all the pressure of the job and different things. And some of you face the same thing. But the king, the king made a move to her. He took that pressure off of her. Changed her job, changed her situation. Now she's the happiest she's ever been. The king made a move to Sister Mariah. Alopecia said she'll never grow her hair. But the king made a move. Living proof in your church. Living proof. Some of you young people come to those camp meetings. King has made a move to you. Changed you. You got a young man right here, Brother Andrew Glover. Grew up in this church. Used to be a little chunky, afro young man. We buddies, we can do that. But the king made a move to a young man when he was around 12 years old. Been preaching this message. He and I went to Africa together. He was 22 years old and lit the place up. He outpreached a many of mature ministers. Because the king, the king made a move. Brother Darrell, you got a back issue, but the king's here to make a move to you tonight. Brother Darrell's been struggling in his back because he's ran this country traveling in the car, in the plane, in that position, seated all the time for this gospel. 
He's made a move to go and be willing to go and share what God has done. But the king is here tonight, Brother Darrell, to make a move. Brother Bram said, when those three Hebrew children, when they stepped into that fire, he said, God didn't move. He said, but when they finally stepped in, he moved. And when he moves, Brother Harry, he moves. If you got a need tonight, church, I believe he's here to move. You say on a Wednesday night, absolutely on a Wednesday night. He's here. So Jessica, if you would. You need prayer? We'll be glad to pray for you tonight.
That was once a home Said my bills are coming due Lord Six days is not that long She hears a voice so still and low Says I moved like that before I'll do this little thing Oh, but I'll give you so much more And he said I walked on the and I calmed the raging sea I spoke to the wind 
It hushed and I gave you peace. Didn't I run to your rescue? Didn't I hear you when you called? I walked right beside you just so you wouldn't fall. Didn't I leave all of heaven just to die for your sins? I searched until I found you and I do it all again. you from just take a look behind you at just how far you've come Beside you, just so you wouldn't fall. Didn't I leave all of heaven just to die for your sins? I searched until I found you, and I do it all again. Said, Do you remember, child, where I brought you from? Take a look behind you at how far you've come. And every time you've asked me, didn't I deliver you? So why would you be thinking that I wouldn't see you through? When you said I walked on the water and I called the rain. Beside you, just so you wouldn't fall. Didn't I leave all of heaven just to die for your sins? I searched until I found you, and I do it all again. And he said, I walked on the water and I calmed the raging sea. I spoke to the winds, it hushed and I gave you peace. Didn't I run to your rescue? Didn't I hear you when you called? I walked right beside you just so you wouldn't fall. Didn't I leave all of heaven just to die for your sin? I searched until I found you, and I do it all again. Oh, did not leave.
leave all of heaven just to die for your sins. I searched until I found you, and I do it all again. Oh, take these hands and lift them up, for I have not the strength to praise you near I am nothing, I am nothing without you. Take my voice and pour it out. Let it sing the songs of mercy I have found. I am nothing without you. And all my soul needs is all your love to cover.
my praise No matter the attack I won't turn back Cause this means war Oh, this means war yes, this means war Oh, this means war Oh, this means war means war Oh, I plead, I plead the blood of Jesus Oh, I plead, I plead the blood There's power in 
God is in control. God is in control. He has never lost control. We lose control sometimes, but God ain't never lost control. Hallelujah. You know, it reminded me, years ago down at Eastman, they had softball down our intramural among the employees. It's done on the ball field. There's a water tank tower type thing there, and there's a guy up on the tower working, and they were having a ball game. Might have been Brother Rob's team playing, I'm not sure, but they pitched. Guy hit the ball, over the fence, home run. Next guy got up, he pitched to him, he hit the ball, over the fence, home run. The guy up on the tank was watching the game. He said it got to the place that the guy out there in the outfield had his ball glove like this, and he just watched him go over. (laughs) So the guy up on the tank yelled down to the guy on the field. He said, hey, buddy, what's the score? He said, 11 to nothing. He said, you're all losing, ain't you? He said, I don't know. We ain't batted yet. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But hey, we're just warming up. We're just warming up. We ain't even batted yet. Hallelujah. Did you enjoy the Word of God tonight? Amen. God bless you. God bless you, Brother Joe. We appreciate it, buddy. Amen. Amen. God's our healer. He's our deliverer. Amen. All hearts clear. Hadn't it been good to be in the house of God? But Jackie, God bless you, buddy. I appreciate you. A real warrior. A real warrior for the cross. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, it's been good to be in the house of God. Remember the service Sunday morning. Go in the fear of God. and Just punch the devil good tonight. And when you get up in the morning, hit him again. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just bow our heads. Almighty God, we love you, Lord. We thank you for all that you've done for us. For, Father, many the stories that we heard tonight about everyone here can relate to one of them one way or the other, Lord, where you found us. Some in a bar room, some in an old building, some in church, some in a youth camp. But you found us, Lord. We're grateful for that, Father. And Lord, I pray tonight that those that was prayed for, may they receive that which they have asked for, Lord. And those that are sitting in the pews, dear God, who raised their hands and believed by the rising of the sun, may they see a difference because that's the kind of God that you are, Lord. And Father, as we leave this building this evening, may you go with us, Lord, on, as we travel, knowing, Lord, we're living in such troublesome times and the violence, Lord, that's in the land. But, Father, watch over your people and take them safely home tonight. Bless Brother Joe, Lord, and renew his strength, Father, we pray. And help him, Lord, as they travel on over into North Carolina. Got the banquet over there. May you bless it in a special way, Lord. And Father, once again, Lord, we... 
we bring the, the Reagan's family and the, and the Babs and the Parkers, Lord, and the, the different ones, Lord, whose hearts, may you just comfort them, Lord, we pray. Father, be with your people once again, Lord. We ask that you do wonderful things among us, Lord, because you promised that you would. We commit this service into your hands now for your glory. Go with your people, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Do you love him tonight? Amen. amen. Just go in the fear of the Lord. May God bless you richly. And always remember, he's got it all in control. He put that reassurance way down in our souls. He's got it all in control. Amen. God bless you, saints. Sing it for us, Brother Harry. You know I can't sing, but amen. He's got it, it all in control. He's got it all in control. He's put that reassurance way down. I put my life in his hand. I put my life in his hand. So every road I walk down, I'm sure is in his hand. I put my Cause he's got it all in control. He's got it all.
Got it.